Rob, Alex, from is anyone there? What's the man? I've just got Zach back into the house. I've had to fucking put him in a straight jacket. He's been on a bender all fucking week. Um, you've obviously heard the beginning of that fiasco and shit show with the uh, 20 minute long voicemail he left you. Um, so I'm just, I'm cleaning up all of his tracks, going back through. Uh, a lot of people died because of him. Um, a lot of horrible, awkward voicemails were left. So uh, on his behalf, like I said, I'm sorry. Um, he'll probably do it again, and I'll probably have to call back and explain ourselves again. But let's just say that it involved a lot of toilet hooch, a lot of a leave, and he had a lot of dildos. I don't know what happened. I don't know how this came about. Um, but yeah, again, um, I hope you guys enjoyed his voicemail. I sure as hell did and did it at the same time. Um, but yeah, everything's under control now. Got him back into the house. Um, and I just want to let you know he's safe and probably will be bothering you again, hopefully sooner than later. So peace out. Keep up the good work. Love you. You are now listening to Random Ramblings with Rock. To the R, O to the B, coming at you with the funny random rambling, talking about all sorts of things that'll make that rain day sunny. Yeah, it's hot and popping, fireball dropping, come get your laugh on. Yeah, it's a concept, you know he's rocking. Rob got the facts and all of the gossip, it don't matter where you are or who you with. You gotta tune right in, bring your girl into your girl to bring your friends, be Robbie Lid. Tune in in your crib and your whip at your job. He got new shows every Sunday. Here we go. What up, everybody? This your boy B Rob, and I am back with another edition of. The Random Ramblers with Rob podcast. First and foremost, let me thank you, the listener, for coming back every week and listening to my podcast or however you listen to podcasts. Also, I'd like to thank Alex from Is Anyone There? There, 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 for his voicemail. Also, if you're a new listener, I'd like to thank you because you are awesome. You took a chance to listen to me. And my foul mouth shenanigans and everything. So I hope you enjoy. Before we roll into the show, I'm going to off the top. I'm going to apologize. I know I've been on social media talking about how Miss B-Rob was going to be on show answering your questions and everything that you submitted. But uh, she ain't here. Matter of fact, it's 12.05 a.m. on a Sunday morning. And Mrs. B-Rob is asleep. So, Friday night we were supposed to do the recording. And it was my fault too. Got a little lackadaisical. Imbibing in a little bit of the alcohol. Miss B-Rob had been up earlier all that day. And doing things. And then we get to drinking and everything. And she got attacked by the sleepy time monster. So, <laughs> those, those questions didn't get answered on Friday. And... Saturday, it was more of a family thing. We sat around and watched movies and everything and whatnot. And, um, just didn't get around to it. Now she in the bed again. So, uh, yeah. We'll probably try to, uh, revisit those questions next week. So I do apologize. You can blame it on me because it's my show. I should have had some foresight. I know she ain't the spry young woman that she used to be. When we first got together, she can 
drink all the drinks and still do a whole bunch of things. But uh, that ain't the case no more. We're, uh, well, she's a, uh, I'm not going to say older. She is a much uh, more vintage, vintage, yeah, that's, that's a good word, vintage uh, woman. Uh, sexy as fuck. And, uh, you know, we have more years behind us than we do ahead of us, I guess. So, I mean, we're getting old, man, getting sleepy and shit. But I don't sleep at night very well, so that's why I'm recording podcasts at motherfucking one, two, three o'clock, four o'clock in the fucking morning. Anyway, but once again, I do apologize if I got your hopes up from this B-Rob in here entertaining some of your user questions. But, um, it'll happen. Don't worry about it. Man, I got a guest. Matter of fact, this guest that I'm having on, on this episode you were just playing Grand Theft Auto Five a little while ago. And we were just talking and hanging out and shooting people in the face and doing missions and making some monies and everything. My guest this week, or I don't like to say this week, because you know what? You might not have listened to this episode this week. <laughs> but my guest on this episode is the man known as G Rod. G Rod is a multifaceted individual he is a producer he is a editor he is a author he is a podcast host he is a podcast co-host he's a video game player because i just said he was playing video games earlier and um the man has his fingers in just about everything uh trying to produce movies ain't nothing this dude can't do uh a young man whose life could have been snuffed out in an instant (laughs) <laughs> and you're probably wondering why, but you're going to hear that in the podcast. Also, on this very special podcast, I have a premiere exclusive track from Sir John Lee. It's called The Bullet Club. So look forward to that at the end of the episode in the bonus content section. I'm real excited about it. He gave it to me. He ain't put it out nowhere else yet, but he gave it to me to give to you all so i am honored and privileged to be laced by audio royalty in sir john lee with the track bullet club so if you interested into hearing uh what that sounds like you know wait to the end of the episode and check it out or you can just fast forward to the end listen to it then come back to the episode i'd rather you listen to it from front to back rather than front to back to middle back to the back again i mean unless you you're doing nasty time i mean we could do all that then do a little atm i don't mind that you got toothpaste and soap and all that other stuff you can clean yourself up after it don't matter but anyway you're gonna roll right into this episode with g-rod on this edition of the random rambles with rob podcast can you hear me his name is John hey, man. <laughs> nice. What's going on, dude? Not much, man. Just relaxing today. Oh, yeah. Same here. There you go. Get a little tingling in the microphone. <laughs> Shit, man. What was you up to? You were just chilling? Yeah, I was playing a little uh, PS4, and I just, I just got the system two days ago. Oh, shit. What you playing? Uh, Uncharted 4. Oh, man. Yeah, you're taking it back a little bit. 
A little bit, man. Yeah. It's good. It's a good game. Um, it's I haven't had a, a game system in such a long time, and I got it for a Secret Santa gift. It just came in the other day. <laughs> Damn. Well, yeah. one, it was it's kind of late, yep. but better late than never. And two, who the fuck better gave late away, than the... yeah? Who the fuck give away PS fours? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was on um Reddit Secret Santa. Uh, um, I was matched with someone who didn't get me anything and then i was rematched with someone else and he got me that and a, a uh icy title belt like a, a replica one uh the the one down below that oh okay and it's i think a replica it's a it's hard plastic but yeah, like, hard it's, plastic, yeah. it's legit though it's nice shit man i need some, can what what reddit uh forum that is i'm trying to get on that <laughs> <laughs> well it's um redditgifts.com so they do uh, exchanges every month and secret santa is the december one but um right now they have like audiophile or star wars books and every month they change up the exchanges and you can sign up for it and um you get someone a gift they give you someone it's not the same person so if i got you a gift you wouldn't be sending me a gift you'd be sending someone else a gift Okay, okay, it's randomized. Random. Yes, sir. <laughs> and that, man, I mean, that's I never heard of anything like that. The internet is a crazy thing. It's a great thing sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Shit, I mean, like what took you so, well other than somebody giving you one? I mean, what took you so long to get like in a gaming system, dude? Um man, you know, I had a PlayStation 3 for the longest time and then when I decided that I was going to move to California, I was I had to get rid of everything. It just so I had enough move, mo- moving money and everything, and I didn't come with much. And um, I just been focused on my career, my film career, and stuff, and trying to get that going, the podcast stuff, and the girlfriend and all. that. I just never really thought about it, and um, I just got lucky with this. So I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Well, shit, man. You, I thought you was a native uh, Californian. I mean, where you from? I'm from the same town that Ant's from. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh. Cool. So, I mean, y'all go way back then. I've, uh, I've, I, I've met him before recently. I know that, but, uh, um, I just knew his name from a mutual friend, but we just started, we actually just started becoming really good friends about two years ago. Yeah. Around the podcast and then everything started. Yes. Yeah. Sure. So, I mean, how, so yeah, it's a uh, cool dude. Or, or am I getting some lag on you? Or? You might. I. You know what? Give me one second. I know exactly what's going on. I'm downloading a game right now. Actually, I think. <laughs> so let me go stop it. See. One second. This break has been sponsored by Crown Royal Apple. Okay, cool. No problem. See, that, that, that's uh, something new when you're getting reintroduced to uh, the miracle that is video games. <laughs> oh, yeah. I You know, it was funny because um, I, I like to watch video game streams all the time, and they're always complaining about downloading games, like if they buy them online. And, and I didn't realize how long and how big they are. Oh, so... <laughs> it's been a long time so it's like i it's a free game on the playstation network i don't know i forget what it's called like and i started downloading it earlier and it's like not even 
a quarter way through yet. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, man. I just damn, I, I turn that shit on before I go to sleep and hopefully it'll be done by the time I wake up. That's, that's what I'm going to do tonight. Yeah. Cause I mean, I like now, I mean, I know better. I got my, um, my router and everything in the same room with my game console. So I just hardwire it straight into the router. That's perfect. Yeah. Or you just get a. I need to get another. I have. Hmm. Or you can just get a hundred foot Cat Six cable and <laughs> run it across the house. Uh, entertainment system. So the router. Let me be good now. All right. Yeah, and I cut my video. Sometimes that helped too. Cool. Yep. Now go ahead with what you were saying. Um, yeah, just I I have to hardwire it because I had it on my Apple TV. My it's like you know hardwired to my Apple TV because it's just so much better doing that. So I just got to get another cable and hopefully do it. I'm I'm really happy that my girlfriend's not like all mad that I got a video game system because <laughs> I'm like I'm not like a hardcore gamer. When I used to have a PS3, I didn't play it like crazy. Um, but I know there's a couple games coming out eventually that I it'll take up a lot of my time. And once I get Madden, I'll be all over that all the time. Oh, buddy. Other than Madden, what else are you looking forward to? Um, fin- The Final Fantasy VII remake, for sure. Oh, yeah, man. I, I think that was like the only one that I ever actively played. I mean, I watched so many people. I've been to so many people's houses to watch them play the game, and I played the game myself. It's just like, I think it's the only one that I've ever played to completion. Same. Same. It's... Literally one of the best story stories in a video game that I've ever played for sure. Um, we actually just did a uh, a new. We have a new show coming out on the NAI network called the Town Town Hall Podcast, and it's um, you know, it's just a tournament where we put characters or movies or TV shows in a in a bracket, and we just kind of discuss what beats what. And I, I, I spoil alert to anyone, you know, to you to anyone else. Um, Definitely uh, clouds up there. He he gets close to winning. That's oh. all I'm gonna say. Okay, okay. And um, what even brought that show on? Because I mean, I know you're on a, the NAI. I gotta say it slow like that. Because when I say it fast, it sounds like I'm saying NEI. The NAI <laughs> network. I mean, what 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 was the process behind making that show a reality? Um, well, it it started out so. Back when, just to give you a backstory on this one, uh, Ant and I were on the Wrestle Attic together. Mm-hmm. I started that, and we would do like a like a super show with like all the other people that we were cool with, and we would just do like two or three hours just having a good old time, getting drunk on air. It was just really fun. Oh, yeah. So we wanted to do something like that for Rant with Ant on the NAI network, but we didn't want to go that crazy. So we started inviting other people on, and we would just have like these, you know, we did. I think we did two of them. And then Liam and Bill came on, the guys who, two of the guys who run it, mm-hmm. uh, came on, and we did a bracket for childhood sports stars from movies below high school. So we had this like, big debate: is Adam <laughs> Banks better than Benny the Jet Rodriguez? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> and uh, we just were like, hey, we should do this every every month. We should have a a different, you know, tournament every month. So that's how the town hall became a reality and they're just like yeah that, that's perfect because they're they're looking to expand into other things other than wrestling mm-hmm. so um i guess that just caught on and they they dug it so yeah it comes out uh february 1st 
Apps. Yeah. Sweet. I'm gonna have to check that yeah, out. That's awesome. Especially if they got cloud in there. Spoilers. Oh yeah. <laughs> Clouds in it, uh Solid Snakes in it, Sonic, Mario, Spyro made it. Um There you go. Oh, yeah. that's <laughs> that's awesome. I right love now. that. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm going to have to check that out. I mean, back before the network, before uh, you left your hometown and everything to go to freaking California and everything. I mean, I mean, basically, what brought that on? What what inspired you to move to L.A. to be a film director and everything that you're doing? Oh, man. Uh, so... At six years old, I saw Halloween for the first time. My oh, mom man. and dad had, you know, my mom and dad collected VHS tapes like it was nothing. Like any movie you could think of, they had. Oh, and um, I was always curious because they were always talking about horror movies all the time. Because um, my, my dad's definitely into like sci-fi and horror. And I saw them buy the tape and the pumpkin on the front of the cover um, just looked cool. So I took the tape one day and i had a playroom that had a tv and vcr in there and i put it in and like stayed up one night without my parents knowing and i fell in love with it so much that i was like i want to make something like that one day so from then on through high school junior high i was writing scripts you know i had a video camera i was filming short films that were ridiculous um and i just always kept that as a thing you know, I always wanted to come out to L.A. and make movies and just things weren't really good in Cape May, uh, Jersey. And uh, I was just like, I'm going to move to Philly first. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to get to Philly and stay there for a while, work there and see if I can get out. And a year later, I ended up in uh, L.A. and my first 24 hours were pretty, pretty insane. Uh, long story short, uh, I was coming out here with a friend. Mm-hmm. And um, he lived out here, and he—I've uh, known him for a year or two. And he was a fellow filmmaker. He was a writer. And my judgment—I um, should have vetted him a little bit more because he ended up being a little bit insane. <laughs> tried to uh, hurt me. Um, it was a long. It's a long story. I, I, it's I, there's a video out there. I'll have to link it to you um, where I talk about it. Just like just. I just tell the whole story and it's, it's insane, but I got out of there cause I, I knew other people here too. So, um, I was able to get out. I've been here for three years now and, uh, no, four years now. Yeah. Four years. Um, I'm flying dude. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Hello. I'm still here. Can you hear me? Oh, all right. <laughs> I thought you had some more. You just stopped. <laughs> No, but man, I mean, the closest thing that I ever come to something like that was just down leaving home for the first time when I joined the military. Okay. And I can't even, I mean, it's not so much like your situation because, I mean, I went to a boot camp and I was around other people that thrashed the shit out of me, made me do push-ups and <laughs> run around and scream at the top of my lung till I lost my voice. But. I don't know, man. It's just weird that those first couple of days, just like being from under that safety net, that is your um, your freaking parents, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, and moving to California wasn't my first big move. Like um, when I turned eighteen, like 
right after high school. It was a year after high school. So I graduated in 05. Um, so it was 06. It was like January, February. I moved to Orlando with a friend. And it just didn't end up working out because it was the first time I left home. And that was – I was – I just wasn't ready. And um, a few years later, I was doing good. I had a great job. I was a security guard up on a, an amusement park and everything. And um, money was coming in at my own place. It was just great. And I just wasn't happy after a year or two with that and ended up moving to Arizona with another friend. And that didn't work out. <laughs> And I was just like, man, and I'm just, it's just weird. Cause I, I go to, I go to Florida, Orlando, and then I go to Arizona. I'm like tracking, you know, trekking across the country. Like I'm getting close to California and that's my ultimate goal. Once I move here, I'm not going to let that, I'm not going to ruin that. And it took a while, but I got here, but I, it's, it's tough to leave the safety net for sure. Because I know a lot of people back home that left before me that went to other places always came back. Yeah. And for me, I came back twice, but now I'm finally planted where I want to be. And if it, I, I guess if it wasn't for those two other situations, I don't think I've ever would have been here because getting out is hard. You know, coming back is always the easiest thing, but leaving is the hardest, the hardest part. Yeah, man. And I commend you for taking those steps, man. I mean, th- those weren't baby steps. You took some giant leaps, <laughs> you know, trusting yes, in sir. other yeah. people. <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy stuff. Hell yeah, man! I I can't even imagine motherfucker try to put the hands on you and shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, man. Uh, put it this way, I I've only been in one fight in my life. Only one, like legit, like we were punching each other, and we got it over, got over it so fast that we became friends again, and it was over something stupid. So, um. And, you know, I, I've been disciplined in my life by my dad and my, you know, my mom and stuff. That's just that's how it goes. But I've never been in a fight where I thought I might die. Damn. And I when I tell that story and people are like, you know, when I say that happened, a lot, a lot of people are like, well, what really happened? Tell me. It sounds like you're over exaggerating. But like he was legitimately insane. He wanted to like he didn't. I wanted to leave because I felt really uncomfortable because we were staying in this room in a house. He totally lied about a place we were getting and stuff. And we were staying in this really weird room. And the people next to us um, weren't good people. And he was telling me stories about like how one makes meth. I don't know if that was true oh, or not. Shit. <laughs> Honestly, I, I he was all weird. And like I started texting people. Like I'm I'm make trying to make moves to leave. And he we got into a big blowout to where he grabbed me by the face and told me he was going to kill me. Oh, did, um, when y'all was in that crazy looking room or whatever, was it like, were you in the bottom of a pit and he was like bringing you lotion and stuff and told you, put it on your skin. It felt like that, man. It felt totally felt like that. It was, um, so the room was like, I don't know how big it was. It, It was a normal size room, but like there was a mattress on the floor. There was a computer on a table. Um, there was a closet full of stuff and like a coffee table on the other side. And then there was a door, um, that led to the outside. So it was like a private, like entrance to that room and it was open. The guy never closed it unless he left. So it was just really strange for me to be like in a situation like that. But, um, I got out through the sheer luck of like, I had someone come get me while this guy left to go 
use the internet at a Starbucks. <laughs> and because we like I we got into it, he grabbed my face and all, and we we um I I calmed down. I was like, hey man, I'm sorry. I'm just this just is new. Uh, I'm I'm just nervous and that's all. And he like instantly snapped out of his anger. I was like, oh man, it's okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was like, oh god, this is weird. That's that's some like <laughs> exactly, exactly. And like he left, and I was like, you know what? I'm not coming with you. I'm tired. I'm gonna get a shower and go to sleep. And as soon as he left, I gave it about five to ten minutes after he left. Uh, and then I just started making moves. At first, I called the cops. I was going to see if the cops could pick me up. I didn't know. I don't know how this works. <laughs> so and then I called my friend Laura, who lives out here, who is a model and really nice and like the best per- – one of the best people I know. Um, she uh, she knew this guy too. Like that's – it was just a weird how we all met. And um, she was afraid to come pick me up because she's like, well, what if he shows up? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do this. So – she came and picked me up. I grabbed my suitcase. I had a suitcase and a backpack, and I just ran outside that door. And the people who lived in the front room, like the front of the house, so there was a an actual house with a you know a couple bedrooms, yeah, uh, a bathroom, and then there was a wall, and then the back rooms where I guess they rented it out, subletted it out to people. And the I guess the woman who lived there came out. I was like, "Who are you? Oh, I'm a friend of uh, this guy. You know, I'm a friend of Alan. I'm going to call him." Uh, and um, I was just picking up my suitcase. I left here. I just had some of my clothes. I just moved here. And she goes, oh, okay. And I threw my stuff in my friend's car, and we just jetted out. And uh, the rest is history. Wow, <laughs> man. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been in a situation anything close to that. I mean, I, I've I've known crazy people, but nothing to that extent. Motherfucker grabbed my face. We going to tussle, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... At first, he was bigger than me, and like usually, and I like I said, I've only been in one fight. I've never been a, a you know a fighting kind of person, and um, I know if I have to you know fight for my life, I will. But something told me not to, and luckily, nothing else happened. You know, yeah. but uh, if he would have started swinging, I would have started swinging back, and someone would have gotten hurt, either me or him. It you know, and I I was it was going to be him. If I wanted to live. <laughs> yeah. Man, I don't know, but like just fighting in general, like how you say you only been in one freaking fight. I mean, I can't even really remember like any serious fights that I've ever been in. I mean, cause as a kid, I mean, that's what we did. We was rough and tumble and shit. We played street football and freaking wrestling and thought we was fucking Kung Fu actors and shit, you know, fighting in my homeboy, uh, his parents apartment and shit, jumping over couches and drop kicking each other. <laughs> So I mean, <laughs> I never been in like a you know a serious uh, you know standoff with nobody. I mean, I've been heated to the point to where it almost came to blows. But I mean, I'm the type of person to where like I mean, I try to diffuse the situation, and I'd rather not be mm-hmm. in something that damn stressful. So I mean, we was able to talk it out and cool everything off. But man, <laughs> yeah, it's the like the only like I said the only fight I've been in, and it was back in high school. And it was at we used to go to my friend's house every weekend. We would he had like a back house with like a big TV, video games. It was like a garage turned into his like little room and like couches and a couple beds and stuff. So it was like a really cool chill out place. You know, we would drink back there and all that good stuff. And um, we, me and my other couple friends that were there, thought it'd be funny if we took his porn stash Whoa. and hid it in um, someone's bag, and it ended up being my bag and. 
he got mad <laughs> and um, he started hitting me. So I started hitting him back and he pushed me. <laughs> he put, I was sitting in the chair and he started swinging at me. I'm like, dude, let me get my glasses off first. And then he just pushed me and I just started <laughs> swinging back at him. I got a couple shots in and then he just stopped. And I was just kind of laying there at all times. It's like, why did this happen? This is so stupid. And then like an hour goes by and we're laughing about it. And that's just how it went. But so I wouldn't consider it a serious fight, but it was it was pretty fun. We still talk about it and laugh about it. <laughs> over some freaking porn. <laughs> over porn. It's always over porn. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's do a little more time traveling. When was it that you discovered porn? Ah. Uh. Spice Channel, uh, uh, descrambleized <laughs> for like two channel. seconds, um, at five o'clock in the morning when I was getting up for school. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> back in the day, Spice Channel. For anyone who doesn't know what Spice Channel is, it was pre-internet porn, and it was uh, it was lovely. Yeah, it's like pay-per-view and everything. That's how um, when I started figuring out what a uh, professional wrestling was, that's kind of how I would like you know figure out you know what happened on pay-per-views because it's the same thing with the Spice you know stuff or whatever like probably like the last five or ten minutes they would descramble it or whatever the, yep. f- the feed and i would like watch the end of the pay-per-views and see kind of what's going to happen monday or whatever but yeah you get to see some scramble nipple and boob and all that stuff. all that good stuff yeah <laughs> uh we had an illegal cable box for uh the wrestling though all the time uh that was before i knew porn existed like i'd watch all the wrestling stuff with my dad like wcw ec dub uh, when they first went on pay-per-view and um, w, of course, WWF, WWE. Uh, and it, it, that's my dad got me into pro wrestling and, you know, pay-per-view in general. And just like we always ordered movies like Terminator 2 came out on pay-per-view. We would oh, order that all the time. Mortal Kombat. Like and it was just uh, pay-per-view was great back in the day for everything. It had everything you needed. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how it came about because I can remember like years ago around the time Terminator 2 came out and all that stuff. My father used to work for um, city service in an apartment complex. He was like the maintenance man and everything. And his boss, okay. for I don't know how he did it, but he had this um this big list. It was on a legal pad. I'll never forget this shit. And um, you would flip through the legal pad and he had all these VHS tapes that he would let his... um his workers rent from him. So like he would have shit. that's no shit inside the movie theater or whatever. And it was like, I can remember that was the first time I seen Terminator two. My dad um, brought the list home, a copy of it anyway. And I was looking through it. I was like, could you bring home Terminator two? And he, and that's how I watched it. I watched it at my house on VHS. <laughs> nice. Nice. And I was just Such- like, that was bootleg way back in the day. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Terminator 2 is the greatest yeah and um, I, I every, every wrestling affiliated podcast that I go on I tell the story about how I get into pro wrestling and that was how it initially started because stuff on that list was like Suburban Commando No Holds Barred okay. and all those things like that so I was watching Hulk Hogan movies before I knew what professional wrestling was Oh, nice. And well, then, there you go. <laughs> so then I go to the video store. My dad take me to rent some movies and shit. And I'm walking down the aisle and I find WrestleMania and damn Hulk Hogan on the cover. I was like, hey, that's that guy from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I remember, you know, knowing what wrestling was and, and going to West Coast Video video store and like they had a wrestling section and 
I rented the first WrestleMania I've ever seen was WrestleMania six. But the first like WrestleMania before that that I've seen like that I rented was WrestleMania four. And it was a two VHS set. And if you opened up like like it was like this packaging, you would open it up and it was a pop up of Hulk Hogan. And it was uh, it took place in Atlantic City, New Jersey at um, uh, what it's called now. It's called Boardwalk Hall, but it used to be. Um, I think it was a Trump place yeah. of all of all people. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, I remember that it was a tournament, and Macho Man Randy Savage won the the title uh, for the tournament, and it was just really cool. Vanna White was there. Um, it was just really like a who's who of like eighties and nineties people, and like uh, just Ultimate Warrior. That was the first time I saw Ultimate. Oh no, not the first time I saw Ultimate Warrior, but like the early stuff of seeing of Ultimate Warrior was in that and like uh, Hercules Hernandez and, and Andre the giant and uh, Rick rude and um, all those guys. It was, it was just, I'm buying wrestling VHS tapes is always something that I look back on because the packaging was just always like epic. It was always over the top. Yeah. I can remember like um, you said West coast video. They had a store in the mall that just popped up um, when I was younger called Sun Coast video. Ah, oh, yes. And they started transitioning from uh, VHS tapes to DVDs. Mm-hmm. And I would go in there and I would steal all kind of shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, that's how, because I would go in there and I would steal VHS tapes. Because my, my main thing, because like second to professional wrestling back then was, uh, maybe in some instances it was, um, the priority was on this more than professional wrestling. I love martial arts films. Okay. So I was in there. I was stealing goddamn the whole Wu Tang collection. The you know Shaolin versus the goddamn the the all that all that shit. <laughs> okay. All right. You know they they talking faster than they mouth move and shit mm-hmm. and all that crap. <laughs> so I would go in there and you know I'm OCD to a point because like when I I I collect things. Okay. And you it's borderline hoarding. <laughs> so if I have. <laughs> I was like that with music, movies, everything. So if I had uh, part one of something, I had to have part two and three, even though part two and three sucked. You know, I just had okay. to have the whole set. So I was in there, I was getting all these uh, VHS uh, cassettes, trying to piece together the whole Shaolin collection, the Shaw Brothers. Okay. And I went down the aisle, and there's like these little thin cases, and I seen the Stone Cold, one of the first Stone Cold documentaries. And I was like, what the fuck is this? What is a, a, a DVD? What does that stand for? <laughs> and I put it up side by side with a cassette tape, the VHS tape. And I was like, damn, I can stand like five of these. <laughs> there you go. And then that's what I started doing. I, start, I, I, I stole the Stone Cold documentary. I think I took um, the DX documentary, the first one. Okay. I took... um. Who else? I mean, I, I, it was a whole bunch of them, man. And I had, I was just hoarding them. But what really got me on to um, the DVDs was like, I found Blade. Yes, 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 yes. And I didn't have a DVD player, you know, so <laughs> my mom <laughs> wound up buying a computer and it just so happened to have a DVD player as the, um, the ROM drive. Okay. So I damn I was like, oh shit, I can play it in here. So I would sit in front of that computer for hours and I would just watch all these stolen DVDs and everything. Nice. Very nice. But Blade was my <laughs> shit, man. 
<laughs> Blade. Um, oh man, I for some reason I the first two are great, but the third one, and it's not because Triple H is in it. I just love the third one so much, and I it's maybe because Parker Posey's in it. And I love her, but yeah. like. Wesley Snipes was so good in those movies and I hate that they didn't move forward with the with the uh, franchise and I hope that they ever do bring it back he gets involved in some way because yeah. he was so great at that role yeah I mean do you have any nominees if they do resurrect it and they don't use Wesley as Blade man the guy who played Cottonmouth in um, uh, the Luke Cage I think he'd be pretty good at it. Okay. I can't. I I don't remember his name. Yeah, I know but, what I'm um, talking about though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in House of Cards, and he's he's one of my favorite actors right now. Um, I think he'd be great. Um, the guy who played Luke Cage would be good too. Uh, but other than that, I just it's hard because Wesley Snipes is Blade to me. Yeah. Like I the mean, guy that they got same. in the TV series, I didn't really like. What, he was fingers? cool. <laughs> But he wasn't good. You know, it was just like, all right, I, all right. <laughs> Motherfucking sticky fingers, dog. He was a rapper from Onyx. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, slam. Da, da, da. He was one of them motherfuckers. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> God damn, man. I, you know what? I, I refuse till this day to watch the, because they made, when they restarted, when they started that thing, they did a, um, a movie and then they tried to do uh, one whole season of it, which they didn't even complete a whole season. I refused to watch that fucking movie or that TV show. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Blade. I don't blame you. I love Blade. I, I I had the VHS tape, and then when it went to DVD, I bought the DVD. And then when we started going to Blu-ray, mm-hmm. I bought the Blu-rays. <laughs> That's how much I dig Blade. But for you, for your essay, I want you to look up this guy. Okay. His name is Maurice crump and he's a martial artist and i feel that his style suits the blade character if they had to replace wesley snipes with anybody this is my nomination all right i'll check him out because he's 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 a badass (laughs) strangely enough looping back to wrestling the first time that i seen this dude he was in a movie with dave bautista and rob van dam called the wrong side of town Yes, that movie is so ridiculous. Yeah, he was the guy that fought Bautista at the end of the movie, the black guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. He has uh, evolved since then. He is also um he also trained Kofi Kingston. Okay. All right. Yeah, so that's my nomination. So you need to look that guy up. I'll definitely check him out. It's funny you bring that movie up, uh, Round Side of Town, because I remember uh Big V was in that big uh, viscera. He yep. was in that movie. It was so strange seeing that seeing him in it. It's like all randomly shows up. I'm like, oh my God, that's the viscera. Oh. And it was weird seeing what well, Ja Rule was in that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like the was... whole, the only reason that I watched that movie is because of Rob Van Dam. Not so of much course. Bautista, but Rob Van Dam. Because I mean, we wrestling fans, we know how this dude acts on TV. He's mm-hmm. mellow. You know, his dialogue is not the best. <laughs> so I was like, I wonder how this motherfucking acting skills is. <laughs> it wasn't like, it wasn't like Academy Award winning, but it was, it was good enough to kind of get through the movie and just have fun with it. It was literally wasn't one of the, it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but I, I enjoy watching it just cause he's in it. And like, um, and it's just the, the, just the wrestlers on it. Batista was like one of his first movies mm-hmm. and like, he's grown as he's grown as an actor so much. It's, it's great to see that he can come from that. And then now he's in everything. So, yeah. 
I mean, he was serviceable. I remember like one of the opening scenes when they first introduced Rob Van Dam character. He was in the backyard cleaning up, and they had this big ass log or whatever, and he did like a kung fu chop on the motherfucker and broke it in half. <laughs> yup. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. What the fuck is this? Then he running around in riot gear, looking like the shield and shit, trying to save his daughter or some shit. Yeah, such a strange movie. I have to go back and watch that. I have to find it. I know I've been talking it up uh, a lot lately. I'm going to go back and revisit it too. There it is. But man, a lo- uh, besides the whole podcasting thing that you're doing, you got your fingers and toes and a lot of other things. I know you're. Um, you're directing and everything or trying to direct. And um, what's this thing that I've been hearing about? Uh, Mosaic. What's that? Tell me a little bit about that. Okay. So for, for now, it's kind of like I'm kind of having on the, on the, on the, um, the burners. Uh, I'm, I'm reformatting it. But uh, about a couple of years ago, I, I started a website with my girlfriend. It was a news and rumors and it was all like sports yeah uh, politics uh video games which is a like a magazine online it was called the androgynous and and it just had everything and um it started to get really popular when we were one of two people to break a story about um it wasn't it was a rumor that was going around that um what's his name golden tate mm-hmm. uh the football player was uh having an affair with Russell Wilson's wife or girlfriend at the time. And we posted that and we started getting like, you know, people were coming to the website so fast that we were like, all right, we're going to run with this and we're going to start putting like legit stuff up. So people can come like, all right, we're not just a rumor site and we're not trying to start trouble. And that kind of just blew over and we were doing good and we decided to close it down because we just didn't have time. Mm -hmm. And I regretted that so much. So I wanted to start mosaic up and that's how, where Mosaic came, and it's going to be music, movies. Um, I I hope to bring podcasts to it. Uh, right now, it's just kind of sitting on the burners. We started it just to see how it would work, and a couple of my writers just kind of stopped writing and yeah. don't like to reply. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm 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 going to bring it back. I, I have the domain name for like four or five years, so um, it's it's going to come back eventually. Once I have a, a nice plan in place to where I know people are going to, you know, write and be a part of it and not just drop, you know, it's I know it's hard when you're volunteering your time yeah. and it's not important and that's totally OK. But at least let me know that you can't do it anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally understand. I mean, how? I don't know, man. Um, Being a writer. I mean, you obviously you write scripts and everything. You're an inspiring director and whatnot. I mean, what's your process? I mean, how do you get into the mind frame of, you know, cultivating a new idea or even, you know, trying to revise or reshape an old idea? Um, I'll, I'll give you an example because it's kind of relevant right now. Um, I'm working on a novel that was yeah, taken from uh, a script that I wrote and when I write a script or not or anything, just the, the write, I just kind of sit down. I, I take out a notebook. I don't even get to the computer and I start typing. I take out a notebook and I literally just start writing. Like I don't worry about punctuation. I don't worry about spelling. Mm-hmm. I just go for it and just write down ideas, storylines, characters, break them down, you know, just to get a general idea like what I want to do, where it needs to go. I'll map out the whole entire thing in a notebook. 
and then I'll start shaping and molding the story on the computer. I'll just start typing out where I want to go, and then I just go for it. It's literally just – it just starts with just just write. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about a budget. Don't worry about this or that. Just go for it because it'll get your juices flowing. It'll get you creative, get you more creative, get you more focused to where if you just sit here and like kind of think about doing it the whole time, you'll never get it done. So um, I always have notebooks and pencils and pens handy all over. Like my house is just like a notebook under my coffee table, a couple of notebooks at my desk. There's some in my bedroom. I mean, I have notebooks everywhere. So if anything happens in my mind that I feel like I need to write or want to turn into something, I write it down because there's something anywhere like in my house that I can just write it down. Or if I'm out, I'll write it on my phone. I'll just start speaking into my notes and just, you know, coming up with some ideas. So my process is kind of just just going for it, basically. Yeah, man. Um, my My wife is a writer and I am jealous of her dog because i mean i said it many times my brain don't work like that i mean i i, I mean that's kind of why i lean more toward doing the podcast type thing because i mean whatever i'm thinking in my head i can just say it out loud and everything and i'll have it on recording but because of her i tried to write a book back in the day because she has written a book and um she put it out uh, a couple years back i think it was about maybe three or four years ago and knowing that she's that talented and everything, <laughs> I kind of wanted to like, you know, throw my ideas at her and make sure, kind of make her write the book. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it didn't really happen. So I tried to um, venture in and do it myself. And the premise of the book was, well, the name of the book was, um, the title that I had was um, Fighting the Urge. And it okay. was um, a dude um, battling sex addiction, addiction, Excuse me if I'm stumbling. I've been drinking. <laughs> it's okay. No problem, man. He's um, battling sex addiction. And um, it graduates beyond sex and anything. And he, you know, kind of turns to murder and all kind of shit like that. So I was writing this book. I had, like, the opening. I, I got, like, maybe close to 2,000 words on print, you know, just written down and everything. And then I just fucking lost it, man. Like, I, I think we moved or I just um I got extremely busy and I never came back to it. And then whenever I did look at what I written or what I wrote, I mean, I was just like I couldn't, you know, kind of piece it together. And I mean, it's still just lingering out there in um, my hard drive. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to wake it up eventually, I guess. But uh, I had all kind of crazy shit. I, I threw wrestling in there somehow. Oh, nice. <laughs> And damn, it was just like <laughs> it was almost, it was like a fucking erotic book. It was like some fifty shades of gray type shit. <laughs> oh man. But well, hey, well, it's it, I get into those things too where it's like with my novel, I, I wrote the script and I started the script back in twenty ten, mm-hmm. I wanna say. Yeah, twenty ten. And it took me years to finish it because as one of my filmmaker friends, he's an actor slash producer slash writer. He does it all. Um, has told me that as you get older, you start experiencing more life. That's just that's just common knowledge. Um, yeah. But like you grow as as a writer too because of those situations and those you know experiences you have. And he was so correct because 
the script started out so like early 20s and like the way everyone spoke was like someone <laughs> of like you know like even like the 30 40 50 year old characters that i had in there like there was parents in there that were talking like I, they were 25 yeah. like that doesn't work and you know i i turned 30 in march and my writing's so mature now because i'm more mature and i hang around with more older people now and and like now i know how they talk and i i know how young people talk now and how I used to talk. Yeah. So dialogue comes easy to me and um, turning it into a novel was so tough because it's such a different beast. But like I had the story and I just had to just write it a different way. And the way I like to write is um, as like someone is narrating the story, yeah. uh, you're following a character and he's telling you everything instead of, you know, just kind of like an observer or whatever. Yeah. So, and like, I just find it easier to write like that. Yeah, and I can I can kind of remember back to when I was actively writing on it and everything. When I was uh thinking about what I wanted to put down on a paper or you know type down on the in Word, you know I was looking at it as a, from a movie standpoint or whatever. Like you know he was doing his opening monologue, you know, kind of picking up at the end of the story, then going back to the beginning and saying how he got to where he is now and everything. So, I don't know. It was just like, because <laughs> like I said, I, I bounced a couple of ideas off my wife and everything. And she read over it. And, you know, that was my seal of approval. I mean, she gave me some grammar corrections and, you know, stuff like that. But what I had was good. And, you know, that kind of pumped me up and motivated me to write a little more. But like I said, once I got out of it, I was just like, eh. It is whatever. <laughs> You'll get back to it, man. Just, you know, one day, just look at it and just go for it. Like, just don't even don't even think like, oh, man, this is lost. Just start writing it. Maybe it'll come back. Maybe it'll turn into something else. But it sounds like you got like, you know, you, you got if your wife who wrote a book and knows what you know she's doing said it's good. You got something. And you should next time you just check it out and just go for it. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. For sure. Now. You got the novel going on, Mosaic coming soon. What, what's the film career looking like right now? What you got on the burner? What you got looking forward to doing? What's going on? So this is the year I get back into what I'm doing. Um, I have a few editing projects coming up here uh, career-wise. Um, I'm looking to get uh, another, like a big full-time gig. But um, not personally, cut, I'm not, working not, on... Not to cut you off real quick, but... Speaking of editing and being out there in California, I had a guest. I forget what episode it was. Um, Sean Cohn. Uh, I, don't okay. know if, I don't know if you've seen the um, freaking uh, video. He did a video called The Sandlerverse to where he linked all the Adam Sandler videos, to, movies together. Like showed them. Oh, no. I heard of it, though. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yes. I just haven't seen it. Yes, I had him on the show, man. He, and he's out there in California, and he's an editor. He got like a deal with break.com and everything. And I, I, you know, it's on my mind since you're in California, you edited and you was talking about that. Y'all two need to get together, man. That would be some cool shit. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd love to meet the guy. I'd talk to him because uh, if he's doing stuff like that and he's with break, I mean, I, I'm, I've been editing for a while, but professionally I've been editing for like three years. But I've been I've, I've taught myself. I, I went to film school and all, but like I I taught myself and just to talk to other editors, see how they work. And just it's always a learning experience. And I'd love to learn. So, yeah, it'd be cool to meet up with him. Yeah, 
I, I, I get you the contact info. But Sweet. um, speaking of, you know, film school and everything like that, I mean, do you, f- between the time that you were in film school, you know, starting out up until now doing what you're currently doing, do you feel that you've learned anything from going to like an institution or like a school for your craft? Um, yes and no. Uh, Full Sail University is, which is funny because that's where NXT is, Dave. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I did the everywhere. online classes and then I visited the the the, the campus a few times. And uh, it's such a, it's a great, the campus is amazing. Like it's everything you have ever wanted. If you wanted to be a video game designer or an audio engineer or a filmmaker, it's just, it's a playground for who's who. Um, I learned a lot. But I learned a lot more doing it and being exactly. in the field and and meeting and learning from other people, like being on sets. Um, I was a uh, second unit director and co-producer of a TV pilot out here called Dirty Dead Conman. And um, it got turned into a movie, which I think it comes out next year sometime uh, or maybe later this year. I don't know. I'm not sure I haven't heard much uh, in a bit, but um, I learned so much with those experiences that it prepared me for other big sets. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an indie set and it, it definitely wasn't crazy, but there was so much going on and like, you know, every little job that everyone had, um, you know, I was able to see what they did and, and then I got to, you know, shine in my you know area and be able to direct a few things. And, um, and it felt cool. It was really cool. And, and, um, but the big thing is I learned so much. I learned so much more doing that than I did in school for sure. Sweet. Now saying that you've been a second unit director, I myself have been a second unit director. I mean, I didn't really do anything or whatever. It was just a title. Somebody slapped him behind my name, but I mean, what's, what goes into being a second unit director? Cause I am intrigued. I would like to know. So in my, so in my, when I did it, it was basically directing like, pickup shots and things that were going to be inserted later, you know, once mm-hmm. they were in editing, um, nothing crazy. I, I did a couple, uh, scenes where someone was running, um, you know, different reaction shots and stuff, nothing crazy, but, um, second and third units are usually pickup shots and, mm-hmm. and things that are not crazy major that the, the direct, the main director and, you know, all the main crew is doing. Yeah. But, um, it, it was, it started out actually it started out as a title slapped on my name but i actually <laughs> lived up to it and did it because i was like oh if you're gonna give me this i might as well do something so yeah. let me do it like and then i, I had to convince them but uh i did because there was a lot of money involved and i understood that you know they were kind of nervous because i've never done it before i never handled a big crew like that but i yeah. thought i did a good job and uh yeah i mean it was it was an experience and um though it wasn't anything crazy. Uh, I thought I did a good job in my mind, at least <laughs> sweet. Yeah. Cause man, I was involved in um, a fly by night production called who lives last. If you go to the website right now, who lives last.com, they got my name credited up there as B Rob for second unit director. <laughs> and oh, nice. That dude was just, man, that whole thing was a clusterfuck. I mean, I might have a guest on here that, you know, that I've met through that production. But I mean, it, it was a scam pretty much. Dude came in there, conned people all out of their money and shit. Then he flew off to California somewhere. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Look, it had like 
Lorenzo Lamas in it, D- Dominique Swain. I I know these. Be- I I've met Dominique Swain before. Uh, Eric Roberts, of course. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, I'm on the website now. Oh, did it ever? It never got finished. No, we um we shot one uh one day of film, and um that was it. Dude uh, stayed there for like three days after. Then he took off to California and haven't seen or heard from him since. That's that's usually how it is, man. Yeah. It's film business is uh, cutthroat and can be a scam sometimes. I uh, I was part of that back in Jersey. Like the the Jersey filmmaking scene is actually huge now. It's getting there, and um, I mean that's where it all started. So uh, I was part of a production that um, I directed. It was my first big thing, and it ended up being a clusterfuck for sure. It took us three times to actually get the whole movie done because of just stupid bullshit politics and things that shouldn't even been happening in a really low budget, like no money to like little money budget, you know, project. And it was a horror movie called terror at 10 acres. I am the, there's two people who have a copy of that movie. I'm one of them. And the editor (laughs) who never got paid by the producers never got paid. He was, he was brought on the edit after I dropped off because I I didn't want nothing to do with it. And because the producer and writer um, are assholes, um, I'm not afraid to call them out. <laughs> I'm not going to say their names, but I, I'm not afraid to call them out. Uh, I ended up talking to the editor because he was a really nice guy who ended up getting it. And he's like, I'm I'm keeping the movie. I'm not letting anyone see it until someone pays me. Yeah. And I'm like, well, am I allowed to see it? He's like, all right. <laughs> he said <laughs> to me and. They're missing footage. There's so much footage that's missing that the movie at first, if the the footage was all there, it would be a really, really shitty movie. But it's worse because some of the footage is missing. But it's my roots. It's I have an appreciation for it. If I ever want to get drunk or, you know, uh, take take part in some edibles, I will watch that and have fun because (laughs) that's what it's used for in my in my house. (laughs) <laughs> no, no. What you should do, you should do either or. You get your edibles or get drunk or whatever, and you play that, and you should YouTube it and do live commentary. Oh man, that sounds like a that sounds like a good time. Hopefully, um, the the producer and writer won't ever see it, but maybe who cares? Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to sue me. They'd be stupid to sue me over something like that because yeah. it's they're never going to release it. It's never coming out. I'm credited for it. It's on my IMDb page. Um, oh shit, you got IMDb? Yeah, I do. Uh, it's there's a few right things now. on there. Nothing crazy. Um, uh, there there's trailers out for it that I there's one trailer that I personally cut um, that has like 30 thumbs down. It's all right. <laughs> it's not because the trailer stuff. It's just because the just the, the footage content, it looks terrible. Yeah. Like and the acting is terrible. The acting's so bad. They, I, I had a, so I had, there was a person who was casted as the lead male and the lead female, and they both dropped off because uh, of politics. It was just BS. And um, I had to bring on a friend. And the only reason why I brought him on as an actor, because he says he's an actor, but he's not. He's terrible. Um, <laughs> the only reason why we brought him on is because he had a camera and we wanted to add a second camera to the shoot. And I was like, hey, you could be the lead in this if you, let us use your camera. He's like, done, sold. <laughs> so, but it, you know what? Looking back at it and knowing it was a clusterfuck and knowing how it all turned out, I wouldn't change it because 
during the times that we did things, it, it, it was fun and I was learning and, um, little trivia question. If, and if anyone ever gets to see if somehow, somehow it gets out, if I do something, I will point it out that I wear the killer mask at the end in a couple of shots. Um, I was doing stunts with the lead actress who ended up with, well, she wasn't that bad. And she was pushing me around. She was punching me in the face. I told her to like, I told her to hit me as hard as she could. Because yeah. I, I didn't want it to look stupid. I wanted to look fake. And I got thrown on the ground. And well, there was one time where she threw me on the ground. And my the pants that I was wearing split down the middle um, in, in, in the front. So, like, my boxers were hanging out. It was so great. So funny. Looking like AJ Styles and shit, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the front side, not the back. I'd be more embarrassed at the back side. Hell, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, when we was doing that shit, it was just, uh, it was just real, a real clusterfuck, man. And like the whole, all the scenes that we shot that day was like very minimal dialogue. It was just like a couple lines here. It was mostly damn motherfuckers just running around and, you know, these bootleg ass zombies and shit. All right. I'm looking at the, the webpage now oh, and it's, dope. <laughs> it's all over the place. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. You should have seen it when we was actually doing the movie, man. He was put because like he had a stalker or whatever, and he, <laughs> he was putting information up there about the the stalker and posting pictures and police reports and all kind of stupid shit, man. And I'm sitting there in the office with the dude. I was like, dog, if you want people to come and be a part of this production, you shouldn't put shit like this up here. I mean, you can tell them when they come, you know, so they're aware. But don't put the shit on the website. You're gonna scare people off. It's so nuts. Yeah, I just such a bad way to run a production and run things. Um, yeah, I you're better off not even being a part of this. I, I'm glad. I, I I wish they did. The guy didn't run off on anyone's money. That's just terrible. That's just that's that's disgusting. Um, he probably is not even doing anything out here, most likely. Oh shit, man. Um, he got some uh, ties to Eric Roberts, like you mentioned him earlier. But he got a, like a little on the website. It's on there somewhere. Him and Eric Roberts together talking about doing a film together and all kind of shit. Yeah, Eric Roberts, man, he's he's a great actor, but he'll do anything as long as he gets paid. He'll do anything. Oh, I um, I've seen him in some of the worst things you you'll ever see. <laughs> that was another film. Dude was um, pushing the trailer, talking about he um, he was the casting director for it. And he was pushing that movie or whatever, and uh, we was watching the trailers, and that shit looked like hot garbage. And I don't know about your IMDb oh, account because I I got an IMDb Pro, and um, you know they show you the little details about the movies, like what the budget was and you know, oh yeah locations and shit. So I was looking at the budget for that movie, and that shit was like five million dollars almost, and that wasn't shit from the trailers. <laughs> it was just reaction shots. Jeez, man, I. <sighs> You know, it's – I've seen so much garbage, you know, from people that I've – I've, you know, I, I was hired to edit and then like I realized that I'm getting myself into a mess and I'm not even getting paid. Like because when I first got out here, I had to like eat a lot of krill um, and do a lot of stuff for free to kind of get my name and my 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 brand up. But uh, um, there was there was movie that I was hired at it and I was so pumped. And it was a horror movie, and I get the footage, and 
there's a there's a scene where I don't even know if I want to talk about it it's so bad and it's so like gross and and I and I know the actress and I'm cool with her and everything so <laughs> seeing that and like becoming friends with her and knowing that that she had to do that like she the movie never came out thank god and one of the reasons why is because of that scene cuz the the actress got really upset like she did it she thought it you know maybe they shot it in a way where it wasn't anything crazy mm. but like there was way too much skin in the okay. lower regions if you know what i mean yeah and um just really it, it was it was like very distasteful very distasteful it was almost like porn and it was just like why is this even here and i left too i was like i'm not doing this i wasn't even getting paid either so it was not even a big deal yeah what what was that movie? Because I'm on the IMDb page and I'm trying to see if it's that one. <laughs> um, that's not on my page, but I don't. What was it called? <laughs> you sound like a doorstopper. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just got it so out of my mind. Um, I want. I mean, yeah, Pembroke not... maybe. I don't know. Yeah, Pembroke. Pembroke. That's what it was called. What's the twenty twelve? What's the birth and the death of a day? The birth and death of the day was a short film that I uh, did with my two actor friends, um, Kevin Interdonato and Amanda Clayton. Amanda Clayton is one of the leads in "If Loving You Is Wrong" on the Oprah uh, Winfrey Network. Oh, sure. um, she is one of the leads in that, and she's amazing. They're they're actually married, Kevin and her. So it's like. The movie, The Birth and Death of the Day, it's just a short. There's no dialogue. It's just footage um, with a camera that I had that was kind of weird. So you could definitely tell that the camera is like shaky and stuff because I didn't have the exact <laughs> equipment that I needed. But we shot it on Hollywood Boulevard and right in our apartment. Um, and uh, it won an award in this really weird film festival that I entered it in. It was called the One the Once a Week Film Festival. And it won in the audience award. People loved it. Sweet. I'm not going to complain. It was an award. It's cool. Um, and it's basically about a guy who's looking for his girlfriend. His girlfriend's missing. And um, he, he goes all over Hollywood Boulevard looking for her. And it's something It's something. it l- looks like he does a lot every day. It's like one of those, you know, a mission. I need to find her. And, um, yeah, the birth and death of the day. A lot of people liked it. It got a lot of views. And. Um, I'm happy with it. I turned it into a short story that I'm going to put in a anthology um, coming very soon. It's going to come out before the the novel. Um, you can actually read the short story. You can you can pick it up on Amazon uh, in paperback form or ebook. Uh, it's called Enjoy the Silence. I changed the name because I didn't want it to keep it the same title as the movie. Sweet man, dog, you got yeah. all kind of shit going on. I I envy you a little bit. <laughs> it's you know it's weird because i shouldn't have all this stuff going on i should have my hands in like one or two things because <laughs> i go nuts and crazy but it keeps me out of trouble and that's yeah. all i think i that's all i can ask for okay now let's move over to the fans movie tell yes. me about that so the concept that came out uh or i came out with uh i it was inspired by a documentary i saw called springsteen and me I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Obviously, I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> but uh, his music inspires the hell out of me. His music's so cinematic. It always tells a great story um, about struggling middle-class families and stuff like that. And 
I love the way that the documentary was made. It was made by people using their phones, their cameras, their web cameras, or web yeah, webcams, and and just talking about why they love Bruce and why their the music means much to them and like concerts. And it was shot all over the world, and it's just all fan footage, um, you know, shot by them. And it was put together. It was raised. They raised money on Kickstarter to make it, and you know, it was endorsed by Bruce himself, and Sweet. and it was really cool. So. I was like, you know what? I want to do that with the the wrestling fans because the the community, and you know this, oh, it's yeah. it's so diverse, it's so huge. It's one of the like biggest communities for any type sort of entertainment or sport. Mm-hmm. I think it rivals football fans. Yeah. Um, I would even go as far as saying that I think wrestling fans are more passionate, mm-hmm. and um. You know, we get into arguments with people every day about Roman Reigns booking and <laughs> and you know who's going to win the title in the Royal Rumble and um and all that good stuff. And uh, I was like, I want to do something like this, and uh, that's that's basically the concept. That's how it all became. And um, I still have a list of people to get in contact with uh, to send questions. You you too. I I still mm-hmm. owe you an email. Um, it's just there's so many people I want to be involved. It's overwhelming. And uh, the possibility of me going to WrestleMania just went up and I might do a little shooting down there um, the the, the kind of like document a few people's uh, WrestleMania experience, which would be really cool. Duh. So, um, yeah, that's that's how it came about. Duh, that would be fucking great if you can get down there to WrestleMania and get some footage, because I can remember what two years ago for WrestleMania 31. That was my first WrestleMania ever. And. I could just, you know, the atmosphere, just, you know, sitting out there on the um, stairs waiting for us to let us in the, um, the freaking uh, stadium and everything, man. You know, people damn all hyped up and everything. They talking about conspiracy theories. I damn, I had my fucking WWE replica title belt and people's like, I was just letting people hold it and take pictures with it. And it's fucking fun, man. And I imagine if you go out there with your camera and you just ask all these passionate wrestling fans just you know some questions or just you know whatever have you i mean you get some good responses i yeah it'd be because i would i would make sure that i would get you know everyone you know like just people from different countries different backgrounds different races it doesn't matter it's just we're all one family it's just that's what wrestling fans are that's why i love the sport and love just everything about it because it's such a big fan community and um, I was supposed to go to WrestleMania 31. I had tickets. I got them for Christmas. Uh, they they were seats right behind the stage. I didn't care. It was just to be there in the, yeah. the atmosphere. And it was in San Francisco, and that's a six hour drive. Uh, but it just didn't end up working out. I had to sell the tickets. I got a good amount of money for them, though. Um, which is cool. I got to do some other things. Uh, I ended up going to the Go Home show, which yeah. was terrible. It didn't. <laughs> It didn't make any sense, and then the the actual show happens, WrestleMania, and it was, I was like, okay, I forgive, I forgive what happened on Raw that night, <laughs> but um, WrestleMania is such a it's such a force, and to be able to go down and film and get people's reactions would be so amazing, and not to mention the the network guys are going to be down there. They always go every year, yeah, um, and they do shows, and I want to be a part of that. I don't want to be here doing rant with ant live i'm there and they're there you know it's it'd be it'd be lame so we're gonna i'm gonna try to make it happen and look my girlfriend's cool with it so as long as she's cool with it and you know bills are paid that's all that matters yeah man 
<laughs> and it's funny, right? Because damn, um, it was by pure happenstance that I wind up going to the one in California and the one in Dallas, the last two WrestleManias. Because um, I'm, it was WrestleMania 31 was on my birthday. My birthday is March 29th. So okay, as a you know a gift to me, my mom surprised me with tickets to go. So that's how nice. I wind up going to that. And then my wife gave me the blessing to buy the replica belt, which was Buku Bucks. So it was my birthday. It was WrestleMania. I got the belt. It was great. And um, I tried to link up with them guys, man, the new age insiders. <laughs> and damn, it was like, because I was there, I was, um, I was tweeting and shit. And I was, you know, I followed them on Twitter and everything. And it was mm-hmm. talking about the show and I was tweeting back to him and I was just like, I was trying to do anything I could just to like hang out with these guys. Cause I remember, one, I forgot which one it was. It was trying to go to the full house house. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I, you know, it's funny. Those guys are really awesome. They're, they're, they're very nice guys. Uh, and it's, it's strange because like I, I've never met like or talk to anyone that was that passionate that they they save all their money to go to this one big event every year and just how into it they are and it just it makes me happy to see people that interested in something and like doing their thing and and seeing how far they've come it's 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 awesome yeah it's like i I missed them every time so far because like when we was in california um I don't think they did a live show that year because, I mean, I think that was like their first time as the New Age Insiders, you know, podcast going out there and doing a thing. So I missed them then. And then when they came to Dallas, I was there in Dallas because I was in Missouri at the time. And um, the same thing. My brother just popped up out of the blue. It's like, hey, man, I'm going to get you a ticket to WrestleMania. I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to complain about that. (laughs) Yeah. So I drove down to Dallas from Missouri because I got a brother in Dallas. So I stayed with him. And um, I got there late, and when I got there to the um the show they did, they was already packing everything up and putting shit in the car. <laughs> oh damn! So yeah, I mean, I'm always missing them guys. <laughs> well, hopefully you get to link up with them one day. Uh, yeah, I'm. Are you, I, are you, are you I planning on going this year or? Nah, I don't think it's gonna be in the cars this year. But I know for a fucking fact that I'm going to motherfucking New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> I've only been there once and uh um it was for a reality show that I was editing and uh we I got the tour with them guys they were shooting it and as they were doing it cuz it was like a a daily the daily show so yeah. it would come out the next day we shoot one day and then I would edit that episode and put it out the next morning and um New Orleans is a, is an interesting town for yeah. sure I mean I'm from Louisiana so like my first WrestleMania would have been WrestleMania 30, but I was deployed at the time. So then, gotcha. man, I was regretting it ever since, man. And I was like, fuck. I mean, at least I got to go to a WrestleMania, but I wanted my WrestleMania to be in my home state. And I wanted to go to the Superdome or the Silverdome, as Hulk Hogan put it. And then yeah. <laughs> um, be there for my first fucking WrestleMania. But um, once they announced that it was going to be there for, what, 34, I was like, oh. It's nothing gonna stop me from going this time. Well, now I'm happy that because I I was cursing it when they announced it because I really wanted it to be in Philly so I can go home and yeah. uh, hang out with everyone and then go to Mania. But now it's it there's a reason for me to be happy and it's for you because it's gonna be in your home home state. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, shit. I mean, even, even uh, I, I think because I was in the military, man, I was cursed 
Cause like um, when they went to Houston the one time, I was gonna go to that. Cause I now live in Houston, but when I was okay, um, when I joined the military, I mean I'm from Lake Charles. Lake Charles is in Louisiana and it's two hours away from Houston. So Houston, if <laughs> if I wasn't deployed, that probably would have been my first WrestleMania. It was either that or New Orleans. And each time I was deployed. <laughs> Damn. So I was like, fuck. Well, well at least at least. You'll be going next year, and uh, it's probably going to be a big one too. Uh, if it's if it's any consolation that uh, WrestleMania 30 was huge, mm-hmm. it'll be huge again, I believe. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, New Orleans is an electric atmosphere, man. I mean, shit, it's one of the cheapest places you can damn film movies in. That's why they do a lot of the stuff down there. So, I mm-hmm. mean, if you ever get big into the film industry, I mean, yeah, you can take your trip down New Orleans. Um, I mean, it's just Bourbon Street. It's all the touristy stuff, man, that freaking um, brings people in and draws us together. But at the same time, you got to watch where the fuck you go. <laughs> you venture too far off of Bourbon oh, Street, yeah. you oh, yeah. your ass. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I know. I, I the, When I was there with the, the reality show thing, um, uh, so my, my nights would be busy. I'd be editing overnight. So my mornings... Uh, and afternoons and like you know early evenings, I I would have the option of staying on our uh, on our bus, our tour our tour bus RV thing, and sleep or come out and just hang out with everyone as they were filming. Uh, most of the time, I sleep, but depending on what places we went to. Yeah. Um, but New Orleans, I wasn't going to miss that. I got up early. I was one of the first people up, and um, after editing the night before, and. Uh, we they were filming i just wandered around at a couple hundred bucks on me and you know i was like i'm gonna get a couple drinks i ended up getting one of those uh hand grenade things and i was just i was gone (laughs) most of the day it was great (laughs) i would show up while they're filming and i just stand there and just be laughing for no reason because when i'm drunk i get i I, it's like when i like you know uh eat edibles or or have you know myself uh, a nice blunt or something it's like i I laugh all the damn time. I just laugh for no, no reason just to laugh. And they're just looking at me like, are you drunk? And I'm like, yep. And then I have the green drink in my hand and just such a good time. Um, it, it's a, it's a cruel city. I, it's, I, I wish we spent more time there, but it was only, we were only there for a day. Yeah, man. At least you got the experience. For sure. I, 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 I I'm so grateful for that experience and everything on that, on that like little thing. It was, it was such a great time. Yeah. You speaking, going into podcasting, you have your, yourself a podcast. Uh, who is G rod? Yes, sir. What got you into doing your own podcast? I know you produce on a lot of the other ones and you co-host and everything, but what made you want to do your own podcast? So, I've so I started podcasting when I lived in Orlando. It was right when podcasting was like becoming a thing and no one really knew what it really was. It was like it's a radio show, but it's online. What does that mean? And it was called The Fix. And it was like a two hour show. Me and my friend Zach, uh, we would have computer mics. We put socks over the mics as our windscreen <laughs> and we would just talk about random things. We play music random. and we would. We yeah, and we put them online, and and I I've been doing that and like on and off doing the fix. I did I, there was a rendition on podcast or uh, on Blog Talk Radio called the Daily Fix. We do a show 
every every early morning, one thirty a.m. Uh, and it was always fun. We would just it was me and two girls that I went to high school with, and we would just goof off and and talk about random stuff, and it was good. And then uh, just podcasting in general, just been with me all this time. And once Rant with Ant got going again, and I I kind of let the wrestle addict kind of go away. I was like, I need to bring a, do a show where I could talk about everything else that I like because as much as I love wrestling and as much as I love doing Rant with Ant because it's one of my favorite things to do, it's with one of my best friends in the world, um, sometimes wrestling talk gets a little um, – yeah. well, what's the word I'm looking for? Repetitive? Just get <laughs> irrepetitive, exhausting because it's always the same thing. And I'm always asked to go on other wrestling podcasts, like mutual friend shows and things like that. I just I can't talk about the same thing three different times during the week because, like like you said, repetitive and exhausting. And so the G-Rod show is my outlet to talk about whatever. Kind of like this show it's just what, you know, random stuff. You know, there's no really a big topic. We just yeah. kind of sh- shoot the shit and just go for it. Sweet. And I, you know, I'm always straight up with everybody. I haven't listened to it yet. I mean, I got a log of motherfuckers that I try to listen to. Cause I mean, I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that, that, that's my thing about, I call myself an independent podcast. I mean, it's we the, the least known in the podcasting community. And, um, I try to help where I can, you know, especially if I come across a, a new podcast on Twitter or something like that, they like two, three episodes in, you know, I try to retweet that shit as much as possible. I damn, I try to, you know, mm. do anything I help. I mean, ask them if they got on the iTunes or freaking um, Google Play, anything to maximize their coverage and everything. Because I know when I first started out, I didn't have nobody there, you know, too much in my ear telling me what I should do and, you know, trying to give me some help. I think I lost you. Hello? I think I lost. I know you're back. Okay. Here I am. You found me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, yeah, I heard what you, yeah, I, I heard most of that. And no, it's, it's, um, being a podcaster, it's tough, but it's fun. And, and it's cool that you like, you know, reach out to people, let them, you know, like I, iTunes, Google play where, wherever you can put your show, put it because it, it expands everybody. And, um, I feel like if us independent podcasters help, everyone grow it just helps us grow i mean i don't see it as competition i see it as podcasters are it should be a family i that's just my opinion and um and that's why i wanted to do my show because i kind of wanted to be able to bring different people on and and not not like you know people who have like books to promote or movies or or, uh, bands they want to promote their albums or whatever yeah i just want to talk to regular people and just have people you know listen to us shoot the shit about stuff because there's so many interesting people to talk to and they're not all big and famous they're just normal everyday people yeah i mean i agree man i found so much independent well i found more independent music i think i lost you again dude oh no hold on let me see what i'm doing wrong <laughs> yeah it keeps cutting in and out. boom yeah uh you know some era of technical difficulties but anyway but yeah man it's just i really dig podcasting i think out of any hobby that i've had other than video games this is the thing that i have stuck with the longest 
Same here. Yeah. Oh, the film and stuff. All of course, that's my career. But podcasting is something that's always been there. It's always been a steady thing in my life, and it's finally starting to pay off. So, um, I don't think it will. I don't think I'd be doing. I think I'll be doing this till till our retirement. And even that past then, I'll be like a nine year old man podcasting <laughs> from my deathbed. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be like, and I got something to tell you all, and be. It's <laughs> <laughs> just die on air. Oh man, I mean, I mean, that'd be that'd be classic, Glenn. Hell yeah! <laughs> At least a motherfucker ain't grabbing you by the face and shit. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm going out my own terms. Podcasting would be the best. <laughs> oh man, I mean, if anything, I mean. If you can gain, you know, more celebrity from podcasting or, you know, anything that you're doing, I mean, what you, what would you do to kind of like reach out to young podcasters or young editors or film directors or anything like that? Um, advice wise, it's just do it, just do it. And it's the, the first, the tough thing is to actually get and, and just sit your ass down and do it. Yeah. I, it's always been something everyone's always told me it's don't think about doing it don't talk about doing it do it if it's something you really want to do that's it's just takes you just got to take that step take the risk risks are tough sometimes to take i i totally get it trust me i i almost died in my biggest risk that i ever taken <laughs> but but it was worth it because i'm still here i'm still doing my thing and um if you're nervous to talk if you're doing it live I was nervous the first time you get, you get over it once you get in a groove just, and you know, and if it, you're just so busy, but you want to get to it. Like I always thought of like writing, writing stuff down, like podcasts, do that one day and like put it on a wall and you always see it. I remember Quentin Tarantino always saying, you know, put a reel of film in your refrigerator. You're always going to your refrigerator, get a drink or food. You'll always see it and it'll be stuck in your head and you'll end up doing it. So to anyone out there who listens, who wants to start a podcast, who wants to write, wants to make a movie, make a make a record, um, whatever, just do it. And that's, I don't let anyone ever tell you you can't. That is the first thing. That's the second thing you should know. Just do it and don't let anyone stop you because if you do, you'll end up being 75 years old and having that question of what if. And that is the worst question you can ask yourself. Hell yeah. And I totally agree with that, man. You know, other than being in the military for the past 16 years and, you know, from as from being, you know, all the way back from when I was a kid, I've always wanted to be either, you know, a, a stunt man doing martial arts and shit or a motherfucking professional wrestler. I mean, the stunt guy didn't, you know, come too much to fruition because I find out what really goes into that. But at the same time, professional wrestling is almost the same thing. <laughs> And pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. And in, in my lifetime, I've got to do professional wrestling. I've got to stand in the ring, take bumps, do moves, get a hell of a lot of moves done to me, um, break down a ring, put a ring together. And, you know, I feel complete. I don't have that. What if anymore? Cause I've actually done it, you know, and it's, it's a great fucking feeling, dude. And I feel the same way about podcasting It's like, I was listening to like so many years, all these different podcasts and I kind of, you know, I was psyching myself up to like, I want to do this. I want to do this, but I don't know how, what I'm going to do. And then one day I just fucking did it and I haven't stopped since. It's, um, 
I, I don't know what I would do without things like this. You know, it's it keeps me out of trouble. It keeps me focused. It keeps me wanting more and, and hungry for this, you know, the make my goals and dreams a reality. I mean, we only have one life. I, I listened to this guy named Gary Vaynerchuk. He's a, a motivational guy. He's a business entrepreneur, a business guy, and he's just so brutally honest and 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 gives the best advice. And he and he always says like he always just anyone he talks to that comes up and asks him like, "Well, I'm too busy for this. How can I have time to do this and whatever?" He's like, do you know how lucky you are to even be a human being on a planet like this? And not to mention. <laughs> You're in the United States of America. Yeah. Like you could be a blade of grass in Afghanistan, uh, a grain of salt, a sand, you know, yeah. like you could be a, <laughs> you could be a, a cow and your life's purpose is to feed humans and other, and other animals. It's like, you're lucky to be a human. Now you have one life, live it to your fullest and do not be afraid. I feel like there's so many people that are afraid just to take that risk to to do something great with their lives. And it doesn't even have to be crazy. Like if you want to write a book, write a book. It's it's so easy to self-publish. You don't need a publisher. You don't need to, you know, if you want to go that far, you can go for it. You know, if you want to reach for the stars, don't don't let anyone stop you. But like it's the Internet is a tool that everyone can use to make money, to uh, fulfill their creative needs, to connect, and and it's there. It, it's there for you to take, and, and you just got to take it. Don't be afraid. And there's way too many people that are afraid, and it makes me so sad. There's so much potential that is left out on the table um, that people have that just it's just left there, and you know we could all be succeeding if we really wanted to you know and if we're not good at one one thing don't let it stop you find something else that you could be good at you know i found out that i'm good at editing and i always wanted to just be an, a director and a writer and when i started editing i hated it and then i fell in love with it and i'm really good at it and that might end up being what i do with my life and i'd be happy but i'm not going to stop wanting to direct because eventually i'll start directing other things and and it'll come to fruition but you know I'm doing what I'm doing, and I think everyone else out there who wants to do things should do it. They just just do it, just like Nike says. Yeah, just freaking do it. Just do it! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shia is the man. Yeah, man. You, you, you uh, channeled your inner uh, Anthony there. You went on a little rant. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, man. I anytime I'm with him, I I or or you know, he's inspired me to rant a lot more than I usually do. I usually just stay quiet, but I I I go on tangents now because of him. Yeah, good shit, man. Man, dude, I appreciate everything you're doing in the podcasting community. I appreciate you know, as a professional wrestling fan, as I am, as you are you know, what you're doing out there with this, um, the fans movie project and everything. And, you know, you not being afraid and not dying, not dying, not getting your face cut up or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Ripped off. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, putting your creative, you know, ideas out there for all of us to enjoy. Before I let you go, we're going to do a little bit of time traveling. Okay. I want to take you back to July 13th, 2008. It was 11.05 p.m. Your first tweet ever was, and I quote, 
<clears throat> planning the next show on burnoutmedia.com. Now, take me back to July 13th, 2008 at 11.05 p.m. What was going on? What made you construct this tweet? What was the atmosphere like? What was going okay, on? Okay, so Burnout Media was a um, internet radio station that streamed 24-7 music, um, and in certain days of the week, there was shows. I was I was doing a show on Block Talk Radio, which is a free service. It used to be a free service where you can host a show via your phone, um, and that's where I was doing for a while. And I got picked up by someone who heard me, who ran Burnout Media, which is one of my good friends named Mike Steven. Shout out to him. Um, and I remember that day because I was so nervous. Um, my my co-host, I wasn't in the same room with my co-host with the first two episodes of that show when we were on um, Burnout Media. And um, I was with uh, uh, the girlfriend at the time. Her name was Brittany, um, who I had way too much fun with, way too much fun than I should have. Uh, <laughs> and I remember we had a lot of fun that day. I'm not going to lie. Um, a pool was involved. And that's it's so funny you brought up that, that tweet because I, I remember that first show day because it's pretty much what's reason why I'm still doing it is because I was able to get on a platform like that. It's kind of how I feel with, with uh, the, the NAI network, because it was, a, it was a platform that had more listeners was better quality. Um, and that first show was so nerve wracking and I don't have a copy of that. I wish I did. I really, really wish I did, but it was a, it was a memorable day because it's, Live podcasting, man. It's where where basically my love became full circle that day. Sweet. Man, that's great, bro. Well, all right, man. We're going to go ahead and put a pin in it. We're going to wrap it right here. I appreciate you for taking your time out and chatting with me and everything. And, dude, I wish you, you know, Ant, the whole NAI network, you know, the best in uh, all your future endeavors, as the WWE <laughs> mantra would go. I appreciate that, man. Thank you for having me on. And um, you're, I, I'll have to get you on the G-Rod show here soon. Uh, I'll kind of on a hiatus right now, coming out with a new episode on the 6th. Um, I got big plans for that show this year and uh, among other things. So I really appreciate you having me on. And, um, of course, thank you for your service, man. Um, I salute to you. Sweet. I, I still don't know what to say to that, but you're, I guess you're welcome. Or as uh, <laughs> Matt McCool would say, you're welcome. <laughs> I love Matt. Hey, uh, before you go, man, go ahead and plug all your things, not your orifices, but uh, your social media stuff. Okay. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter at who is G Rod. That is uh, who is G R O D. Um, you can get me on uh, Instagram. I like posting random stuff on Instagram. Is uh, official G Rod? It's uh, official G R O D. I change my name every so often, but I'm sticking to that forever. Um, I will be on Late Night Liam on February 1st, uh, which is a big show on NAI Network. I have a huge announcement I'm going to make on that show. And, of course, you can listen to me and Mr. Anthony DiStefano, uh, the man with the golden mic, every Thursday on the NAI Network, uh, Rant With Ant. It is a pro wrestling show where we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly of professional wrestling that week. And we just had our biggest show to date. 
with our guest, the King of Bros, Matt Riddle, yep. uh, who is a huge star right now in the indie circuit, former UFC fighter, um, turned pro wrestler. Um, we're going to be seeing him very soon in, the, in in Japan, I'm sure, but in the WWE as well. Um, but he is all over the place. Uh, he just had a big match with Shibata, and um, we talked to him, and it was a great interview. So go check that out. You can find us on uh, Podomatic and iTunes. Just uh, search Rant with Ant or the NAI Network. Shazam. And, man, I can't say it enough. Thank you. I appreciate you and everything you do, homeboy. Thank you, man. That was a great time. And that's it. Life through the eyes of G-Rod. Now, um, he got a book that he's working on, as you heard in the podcast. It's a book of short stories. It's called The City of Angels. Um, he has an Indiegogo going on right now. And if you want to support the man's cause, and I hope you do, um, you can look in the show description and you can find that Indiegogo link for his book if you want to donate. Also, you can um, hit him up on Twitter at who is Girod, all one word, and you can uh, find information about it there. And once again, it was a pleasure to have Girod on the show. It's always a pleasure to have a guest on the show. Even um, speaking of shows, I am now part of another podcast. This podcast being the Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company only on the NAI Network. Um, it kind of sprung it on me, man. Uh, we, we talked a couple months back. You know, um, I did a couple guest spots on there. And um, Matt asked me to be a part of the podcast. And, you know, with me and my current job situation, you know, I'm going to be working soon. And I don't know what my hours going to be like. I mean, with my podcast, I can do it anytime I want, you know, because it's my podcast. But, you know, when you're working and collaborating with other people, kind of got to bend and flex with everybody else's schedule, you know, to make the thing work. So, you know, I was kind of talking to him about it. I told him I wanted to do it and um, that, um, you know, we just play it by ear. I always said um, I'll leave Thursdays open for him if he needed me on the show to do anything. And um, I think the, you know, the episode that he sprung it on me, I let out a tweet earlier on that day and I said I am the official unofficial co-host of the show or whatever and um you know he read back the tweet on the show and then he was like hey man you're a part of the show now i was like oh shit i didn't know what to say i just played a stupid sound effect <laughs> i think it was the shield or something on the show so um it's not the latest episode that's out now of the pipe bomb with mccool and company is um the one before that so if you want to go back and listen to uh, that episode well, shit, don't just listen to that episode. Listen to all the episodes. You can listen to all the episodes on the NAI network. So whenever you look for the Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company on iTunes or wherever, um, it may not pull up that specific show because it's one of many shows on the NAI network. So when you look it up, you're going to have to look up the NAI network. And you'll find the Pipe Bomb in, with McCool and Company, which I'm the company inside the feed along with a I, I said it again a host of other wonderful wrestling and non-wrestling podcasts so you know give it a give it a shot you know your boy on there um in there 
with my shenanigans. They in there all professional, like with the notes and, you know, broadcasting skills. And I'm just in there hitting crazy sound effects buttons and throwing off the damn show with my sexual innuendos. <laughs> so if you enjoy that, but more in a wrestling type thing, go on over there and check that shit out. I, I recommend it because I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> but I recommend it even if I wasn't on it. So, hey, and uh, G-Rod is a part of the NAI network. And Ant, from the Rant with Ant, who was a former host on the show and who is still the champ, because I said so is my show. I could deem anybody the champ. And um, he is also on the NAI network. Matter of fact, him and G-Rod is a tandem. They they host and co-host on the same show. So, man, hey, man, it's a big family. Anyway, hey, once again, stay tuned for that premiere check from Sir John Lee called Bullet Club. It's a premiere. I wish I had, like, the DJ premiere, like, the premiere, 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 premiere. <laughs> and once again, once again, I apologize. I hyped up Miss B-Rod being on the show. She wasn't here. Hey. Blame it on me. My fault. 100%. Don't don't scathe on Twitter and say, what happened, baby? I submitted all these questions. First of all, you ain't going to call my wife, baby. I'm the only motherfucker that do that. But I'm just saying, for hypothetical purposes, if you said anything like that. But don't say that. <laughs> but we get on the next episode. We'll answer your questions. Hell, in the meantime, you can submit some more questions. And the ways you can do that is following me on Twitter at it's B Rob at I T S B R O B or you can use the show's Twitter which is at wait for it R R R underscore podcast. I also have a website you can contact me on there in the context section uh which is random robcast.com. You go to the home page and there's many ways also that you can support the podcast and help it sustain itself and grow and become a bigger thing. Because I mean, hey, man, I, I got some dough over here and I want to buy a new computer, but I can't because I got other responsibilities. So if you feel generous enough to help me out with my goal of getting a new computer so I can produce some more higher quality shit for y'all, I mean, it ain't going to be that runny poop. It ain't going to be the squishy poop. It's going to be some nice, solid stuff. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but, yeah, if you want to support the show in any kind of way, there's um, a patron thing that you can do. Um, there's three tiers, a dollar, three dollars, and five dollars. All tiers which grant you access to the motherfuckers of RRRPC. Is an Instagram page that I made for um, those patrons. And with access to this Instagram account, you can get free digital downloads from anything such as movies, uh, maybe uh, Xbox Live cards, PlayStation cards, uh, random giveaways, whatever I can get my hands on to give to you for supporting to me. Supporting, <laughs> supporting to me, supporting me. Um, three dollar tier, get you some stickers, same access, five dollars, get your handmade bracelet by me with these two hands and, uh, some stickers and all kinds of stuff. 
So, I mean, hey, man, it's real cheap. I only got one, three, and five. If it becomes a bigger thing, hey, I can open up some more tiers and do some other stuff. I like to do, you know, things myself with my hands. I want to do a loot crate for y'all. So, I mean, if you got some interest in that, I got some cool things I want to put in the loot crate for you. And it'll be random items and everything. So, in review, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, said those places. Follow me on Instagram at random ramblings w underscore rob. Or you can just shoot, search for the random rounds with Rob. It'll pop up. And um, that way you can see me do my crazy videos inside of Walmart and talking about things and vlogging, as the young people say. Also, in reference to Sir John Lee. He is uh, trying to shoot a video and he has a GoFundMe that's going on right now. So, hey, man, support these people. They're doing creative things to put out into the world for you to enjoy. And, hey, man, why can't you get behind somebody and their creativity? At least they're not selling smack, uh, smoking rocks and killing people. They're doing something creative. They're trying to stimulate your mind with the musical tunes and stories and videos and everything that's what we all do man we got to have a creative outlet somewhere and i commend anybody who does what they do for everyone else and hey man i done rambled enough stay but stay behind for that bonus content from sir john lee and i'll see you next time bonus content For the love, but I gotta get paper. I run with the wolves, and I told you we made you. Biggest free agent like Kenny Omega. I may be your god, I am the rainmaker. Something like seeing I'm the one that you can't see. Feeling I'm the present everywhere that you can't be. White in a jacket, don't you ever try to test me. In a sport fly shit, I should win the SB. Go ahead, go ahead and hate me now This the bullet club bitch on my AJ Styles The rap guy that'll bless and finesse you And if you in my lane, I'ma have to test you All for the love, but I gotta get paper I run with the wolves and I told you we made you Biggest free agent like Kenny Omega I may be your god, I am the rainmaker no matter the weather be, I remain terrain more than Roman. These metaphors, figure for a leg lock, all niggas hoping to side bit against your highness. Superman punch chump, stupid. People's elbow, your last breath to you, bluish. Mid city's finest, top rope climbing, the meek straight with a minus. I add to the wind column, squad up more than 6 a.m. Who's falling? The only out of my clock is a dick diva, bottom bigger than Alicia. Out fox baddies that want me to red dot the yaddy. Sadly, make them feel away. Then off to the next stage, give them bars like a Still cage on my Sami Zayn, FYI mania, 24 inch python, Mike Strong, mixed between godly and gaudy, put the game cocky since I bought my belt like the Beyonce. I'm for the love, but I gotta get paper. I run with the wolves and I told you we made you. Biggest free agent like Kenny Omega. I may be your god, I am the rainmaker. Bless. That new Japan flop, nigga. Bless. Uh.
I brought the Beatles to Bullets Road. Eating at Louis, that's how we roll. Looking at looters, it's paper gold. Went to the swap meet and it was gone. I put the keys on the fender roads. Dreaming the Grammys, I know it's bold. They gave me dirt and I made a stone. I made it work just like Cody Rhodes. That's why I ran off to New Japan. But I know my city, the promised land. Can't put the city back on the map. I'ma make sure we not going back. Hall of Famer, I cut angles, I'm Kurt Angle. I'm cutthroat, I'm not perfect, I'm no angel. Strong style, shit skate, I do major. We young bucks, we made dough with no favors. Blush. Uh. It's that no brand flow, nigga. Blush. Blush.